Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Thursday, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. Thursday night football is here. And since I am the gift giver, I am going to give you my pick on what I think should be a great game. First of all, it's going to be hard to find. Uh, because it is on Amazon. And I'm going to be honest with you, I asked on uh, on Twitter earlier today, will your parents or grandparents be able to figure out how to put on Thursday night football tonight? And 90% of you said they will not. Full disclosure, my household subscribes to every streaming service on the planet. If you can spend money on it, this Travis household spends money on it. We've got Amazon Prime. We got Netflix. We got Paramount. We got, uh, I can't even remember all the names of these. We had the WWE Network, which I think now is rolled into something else. You shouldn't be able to name two competing services something that starts with the same letter. This is a big theory of mine. I still don't know the difference between the Hilton and the Hyatt because they have the same number name. They start with H. There's a Paramount Network, and then there's another one that starts with a P2, and I can't even remember what that one's called. So uh, there's a couple of these. We got that. Uh, We've got the uh, Disney Plus. I've got Hulu. I've got everything that you can spend money on that streams. We have it. We pay for it. Full disclosure, I'm going to have no idea how to put the game on tonight. I watch Netflix. If I didn't mention that one, of course, we have Netflix. I know how to put that on, but all these different passwords, I can never remember them. I'm telling you what I'm going to have to do tonight. I'm going to have to say to my kids, hey, put on the game, because I do want to see what's going to happen with Chargers Chiefs. I think it's a great game. First one, Thursday night football. And let me just say this. Uh, I like the Chargers plus the four and a half points. I like the over 53 and a half in tonight's game. Um, And I think it's a battle that is going to be going on in the AFC West for years and years to come. Because Justin Herbert is an absolute stud, and Patrick Mahomes, we clearly know, also an absolute stud. Uh, Both of these teams got the win in week one. I can't wait to watch tonight. And we need to start talking about how overloaded the quarterback talent is right now between the AFC and the NFC. Now look, Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback. Tom Brady, great quarterback. Those guys are getting old, okay? Russell Wilson is not that young anymore, football-wise, and he's now moved over to the AFC. I mean, just think about the young talent right now in the AFC. No particular order. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, who are playing tonight, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Just those five Really, really fantastic young quarterbacks. And there's still a lot of young quarterbacks that we don't really know whether they're going to be able to perform at a high level going forward. Deshaun Watson was a very good young quarterback. 
after his 11-game suspension. We'll see what he looks like at the end of this year and going into the future. Um, But just the five that I named, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow, that is a bevy of incredible young talent around 25 or 26 years old. Those five guys are better, I think, than any of the young quarterbacks on the NFC side. Kyler Murray's okay. I'm not sold that he's going to be a long-range, incredible difference maker in the NFC. There's a lot of young guys, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, that we really don't have a verdict on, much like we don't have a verdict on, for instance, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Even as he enters year two with the Jags, how much better is he going to be? Are things going to come together for him or not? But the AFC is so much more stacked right now than the NFC when it comes to overall quarterback talent that it's hard to believe there won't be a lopsided Super Bowl in the years ahead unless some of this quarterback talent starts to move on. And generally speaking, as you guys well know, it's not like top quarterbacks move that often. Certainly they don't become free agents very often. Maybe Lamar Jackson is going to change that with uh, his battle that he's in the middle of right now with the Baltimore Ravens. But I think all of this is leading up to what may well be epic battle royales for years to come. We already got what I consider to be an iconic classic uh, of a performance between the Chiefs and the Bills last year uh, in the divisional round of uh, of the playoffs. And I feel like we may get years like that more and more uh, to come, given how young all of these guys are. So again, I'm on the Chargers plus four and a half and the over 53 and a half. A couple other stories out there uh, that are blowing up the interwebs. Ron DeSantis, Florida governor, sent 50 illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard and people on the left in this country are losing their mind. Simultaneously, Texas Governor Greg Abbott sent two busloads of illegal immigrants to essentially the front doorstep of the Naval Observatory where the vice president lives after the vice president said that the border was secure. That, of course, is a complete lie. There are millions of people that are going to come in this year. I believe the number is going to be over 2 million illegal immigrants. Over 5 million have entered since Joe Biden became president because they stopped enforcing uh, border protection. They wouldn't build a wall. They stopped from uh, keeping people from coming in. And what's amazing is Washington, D.C., now Muriel Bowser wants to call out the National Guard. Eric Adams says that New York City is overwhelmed. Uh, Lori Lightfoot at Chicago basically saying the same thing. And Martha's Vineyard, with just 50 illegal immigrants arriving, barely has the capacity to take care of those 50. And this is why this needs to continue because the border is an unmitigated disaster. Would you think about this for a minute? Joe Biden has spent more time worried about the Ukrainian border than he has our southern border. Neither Joe Biden nor Kamala Harris has made a trip directly to our southern border. I don't think that Joe Biden has been to the southern border since maybe 2008. This is a willful blindness. And the only way the media covers it is if Republican politicians voluntarily now, all these illegal immigrants volunteer to get on a bus and get driven to New York City or Washington, D.C. or Chicago, uh, and also volunteer to get on a plane and be flown to Martha's Vineyard. 
all of these uh, illegal immigrants are overwhelming Texas and Arizona in particular, millions of them coming across the border. And it only takes a few thousand, a tiny pinprick of those illegal immigrants being put into blue cities, blue states for those communities to completely lose their minds and not be able to handle the influx of illegals. Well, if you think you're overwhelmed New York City with 11,000 and Washington, D.C., if you think you're overwhelmed with a few thousand, Imagine what they are dealing with in Texas and Arizona for an issue that you refuse, absolutely refuse to take into account and solve. So, so I applaud Republicans for making this a talking point. The border is an unmitigated disaster. We need to secure it. Illegal immigration is a clear and present constant threat to many people's safety and security. Every country needs to have safe borders, which are not being overrun by people who are not citizens. Uh, New Zealand has ended, essentially, all COVID restrictions. You'll remember New Zealand spent two years trying to stop COVID from being able to arrive in New Zealand. Now COVID is everywhere in New Zealand. And Jacinda Ahern, uh, the uh, prime minister there, has now announced, you know what? All of those COVID restrictions that we spent years enforcing, that we took advantage of the fact that we're an island nation and we didn't allow anybody to come into the country at all and COVID wasn't here, all of those restrictions effectively now worthless. And so we are going to eliminate them and we'll just pretend that all of the COVID restrictions never happen. Same thing going on in Australia. Many of these countries, really, to be fair, the only country that's remaining committed to uh, this zero COVID strategy is China. And even the Chinese people are starting to lose their mind over the fact that the zero COVID strategy has failed and makes absolutely no sense uh, going forward. Uh, But just to update you, this is how they're going to treat COVID. They're just going to pretend that it vanished, that it slid away, and that everybody who shut down your schools and everybody who required your kids to wear masks and everybody who shut down your business that they had no choice, they're just going to pretend it didn't happen, and they're just going to try to move on as if COVID has vanished and they didn't make the most disastrous public policy decisions Democrats did uh, of the 21st century and certainly of many of our lives, I think going all the way back to Vietnam in shutting down our country. Uh, CNN. CNN is attempting to pivot. Uh, I give CNN credit for coming on and having a guy say, hey, you know what, that whole Duke volleyball racial incident, it was a lie. It didn't happen. Somebody misheard at best. Uh, The media got ahead of itself, and there's no basis to support any corroborating evidence to support that it ever happened. Uh, And in addition to trying to get back to being more of an actual news organization and being more middle of the road, Don Lemon was demoted out of his primetime television show and he now is going to be on an early morning show. So Don Lemon is going to move from a primetime CNN program that no one watched to an early morning CNN program that no one will watch. Uh, Congratulations to him on the massive, uh, massive, uh, 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 massive promotion. Uh, Don Lemon now out, Chris Cuomo now out. That leaves, I believe, Aaron Burnett and Anderson Cooper as the only hosts that are still in place on CNN. 
There now is a two-hour open window there. It will be curious to see who CNN pursues to fill those two-hour-long slots on their programming network. But again, Don Lemon, demoted to CNN Morning Show, loses his exclusive hour-long plus, whatever it was, program in the evening on CNN as CNN continues to spiral around the, uh, the drain of failure. And right after that, we'll continue the discussion. But first, a momentary break. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now, save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, Citadel. Did you guys see this? Um, I don't know who it was. Probably some lunatic loser uh, because, uh, I, you know, I would guess somebody who's a huge Biden guy. Um, this, is, uh, this is what happened to me this morning. Not that I particularly care, but I occasionally scroll through and look at my DMs. And I was like, this seems weird. Um... In my DMs this morning was a message from someone at the Citadel ticket office. Citadel, uh, actually, really, I've always been positive about Citadel in general, South Carolina military institution. I would think there are probably a lot of people at Citadel who like me and like the show, uh, but the official Citadel ticket office sent me uh, nasty uh, DMs. You can go read them yourself, calling me a racist, saying that I'm an awesome pro. I'll read them. You enjoy racism, don't you, Travis? I didn't even notice that. That was back in August. Uh, and then today, this morning, I woke up and somebody from the Citadel ticket office had sent me, you're the one talking about racism. You are a racist. You know that, right? So Citadel, somebody employed at the Citadel ticket office, they're doing an investigation now, uh, decided they were going to wake up and send me nasty messages. Now, he's probably... I would guess, are from an individual who's probably sent me nasty messages for a long time, uh, would be my guess, because I have open DMs, and occasionally I just scroll through uh, and get entertained. A lot of you, again, I don't spend much time in my DMs, but a lot of you send nice things. There are, however, it's not going to shock you, many, many awful things that are sent to me uh, on direct message. And I just kind of scroll through every now and then, because... There is some value. People will send stories. People will send, um, uh, you know, links to things that I might not have otherwise seen. And so I appreciate occasionally when uh, people are willing to do that. But I got to be honest with you, having a university ticket office actually call me a racist uh, in a DM is a first, is a first. Uh, So... uh, Citadel says they're investigating. I hope they don't put the people who've investigated all the Duke racial uh, incidents uh, in charge of investigating that at Citadel as well. Um, And by the way, I don't have any ill will towards Citadel. I just think it's intriguing that this is the kind of comments that a group that claims that they care about tolerance and inclusivity, uh, I'm sure this guy's a left-wing loon. It's probably a dude who sent this, who's an employee of Citadel, would be my guess, and got confused. He was you know, going back and forth between uh, the Citadel official ticket office and, uh, and his official account. That would be my guess as to how this happened. Um, and so, well, how weird is that? And how strange of behavior? And, dude, why do you work at Citadel if you're super left-wing 
and you're during work hours sitting around sending me uh, uh, toxic uh, DMs. It's just a weird move. Anyway, Citadel closed down their ticket office account, uh, and they've apologized, said they're doing an investigation. Again, I bear them no ill will. I don't, uh, I, I don't get involved in the, uh, in the drama here other than to say this is the kind of stuff that you deal with if you are sharing your opinion as honestly as I am every single day. Roger Federer has officially retired, coming at the same time, essentially, as Serena Williams stepping down after her loss in the U.S. Open. This is, I would say, a double body blow to tennis because Serena Williams, monster audience of people that care about Serena, monster audience of people that not only care about Roger Federer, but care about Roger Federer in relationship to his rivalries against Rafael Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and now Roger Federer is off the stage. And I think tennis is going to be in a real kind of crisis point going forward. I love pretty much every sport. I grew up loving to watch tennis. I would occasionally play it poorly. But I genuinely still like watching tennis. Got to go to Wimbledon several years ago. It was a super awesome experience. And what I would say in general about Roger Federer retiring and Serena Williams retiring is I don't see that next generation that has anywhere near the ability to cut through the noise and make people care about tennis on a global level. Novak Djokovic maybe has three or four more really good years, but I don't see anybody else on the women's side or the men's side who is going to be anywhere near as compelling in their excellence as Serena and Roger Federer have been. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Again, I don't follow tennis super closely. Maybe there's a bevy of 17, 18, 19, 20-year-olds in tennis who are going to be incredibly compelling sports figures going forward. Uh, But I just don't see it right now. Um, And uh, I think that's kind of significant uh, as we contemplate what might be occurring going forward. Big story from... Uh, Miranda Devine, who's been doing phenomenal work at the New York Post covering big tech collusion, the Hunter Biden laptop, all of these storylines. Facebook has been spying on your messages and complying and sending government uh, information about Facebook messages without receiving any subpoenas at all. Uh, It's funny Stephen Miller texted me this morning, uh, formerly from the Trump administration, uh, because he'd asked for my number and Buck got it, gave it to him. And my first response was, well, now the FBI is definitely going to seize my cell phone. Um, but it's kind of a, a dark humor joke, right? Because what's going on with the unholy collusion between big tech and uh, the, uh, the big tech companies and government should be scary to everyone. Uh, I presume that there are people in Twitter, for instance, regularly checking the direct messages of prominent individuals. Uh, I think that's certainly going on. And if you listen to Miranda today on the program, she was really fantastic, pointing out that uh, Facebook got a FBI uh, briefing about Russian disinformation that was coming that appears to have been based on 
them having Rudy Giuliani under surveillance, knowing that he had the Hunter Biden laptop, the FBI went out and colluded with big tech even when the FBI itself had the Hunter Biden laptop in its possession. Remember, the FBI has had the Hunter Biden laptop for over two years. They know it's real. They've had the real physical copy of the laptop, and they've done nothing with it at all, even though there are clear examples of many felonies on that laptop. They have done absolutely nothing to Hunter Biden whatsoever. But they have, it appears, been paying attention to media investigations surrounding Hunter Biden. The media is doing what the FBI should be doing. And they've been trying to work in collusion with big tech. Because remember, Mark Zuckerberg went on with Joe Rogan and said, we were briefed by the FBI that Russian disinformation was coming. And it appears that that was based on the Hunter Biden laptop. In other words, the FBI was trying to keep big tech companies from allowing that Hunter Biden story to be spread because they were convinced uh, that it would hurt Joe Biden in the election. So effectively, and this should trouble everybody, the FBI was in the back pocket of Joe Biden and his administration uh, before they even won the election, ensuring that they could help to rig the 2020 election. For all of the talk about 2016, the 2020 election against Donald Trump was far more rigged than anything that happened in 2016 with Russia collusion or anything that happened, frankly, with any other election in my life because the power of big tech to control and curtail what you did and did not see to censor stories that were negative to Joe Biden, in my opinion, directly allowed Joe Biden to win the 2020 presidential election. And the lie of Russia collusion surrounding the Hunter Biden laptop was so successful that... 41% of the American public, including half of Democrats, 27% of Republicans, 47% of independents, still believes that the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation because they bought into the initial lies that were told back in October of 2020. This should be chilling to anyone. The idea that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, certainly TikTok, any of these... uh, any of these apps, any of these social media sites would be examining the messages that you are sending and ensuring that they are aware of what you send to anyone and then forwarding it to the government based on their own discretion is absolutely chilling and evidence of why we need deep investigations into the collusion between big tech and uh Uh, the Biden administration as it pertains not only to the election, but since the Biden administration has come into office. Uh, Finally, USA Today, which may be giving ESPN a run as the most woke sports outlet in the country. Difference is, at least ESPN actually has a substantial audience. USA Today is a crap newspaper with a minuscule audience in the grand scheme of things. But they're now doing an entire series on the threats to women's athletics that come from abortion laws. Now, let me just be clear here. Uh, The threats to women's athletics from abortion law uh, is minimal, okay? Uh, 
in red states, wherever you go, uh, there is Plan B available. There is certainly birth control available, right? If you are an athlete and you don't want to get pregnant, it's relatively easy to keep yourself from getting pregnant. Plus, you still have a lot of options regardless. You travel all over the place. You're in many states. But what I think is intriguing about this is USA Today will not cover transgender athletes dominating in women's sports. That's the real threat to women's sports, right? It's that guys decide that they are women and go over to women's sports and start absolutely dominating, which is what's going on right now in many different sports, which is what Joe Biden is trying to enshrine and ensure becomes the law of the land as it pertains to uh, Title IX. So they're trying to make it such that gender identity that is, whatever gender you want to identify as, is a protected class under Title IX. So if you're a dude and you decide that you want to be a girl, you should be able to become a women's champion just based on the fact that you are choosing to change your gender. USA Today won't cover that at all. That is a direct and existential threat to women's sports because men are bigger, stronger, and faster than women, and there is a strong chance that if men decide to identify as women and they're already skilled athletes, that they will become the greatest women's athletes ever. We basically saw this with Penn swimming where a mediocre male swimmer decided he wanted to identify, college swimmer, as a woman and became a women's champion, okay? USA Today is not covering that. But they are saying that abortion laws which every state is going to have the right to determine what abortion uh, law should be, and then they have the right to adjust it. That's what overturning Roe v. Wade did, was it returned abortion to all 50 state laboratories, as is the fruition of democracy, right? So we have 50, thanks to federalism, state laboratories. Everybody can make their decisions. Some states came out and said, hey, you know what? In the ninth month of pregnancy, if you decide you want an abortion, go get one. We love that idea. That's, for instance, what California and New York did. Other states were more restrictive and said, hey, uh, you're not going to be able to get an abortion in this state. Uh, Effectively, there are exemptions and everything else. But 50 state laboratories. We'll see what happens. If red states are making a poor choice as it pertains to abortion law, then theoretically people would leave. Just like tons of people are leaving New York, Illinois, California right now to move to my home state of Tennessee, to move to Florida, to move to Texas. People vote with their pocketbooks based on what's better for their family. So if the red states are making awful decisions as it pertains to abortion, then there will be market-based economic consequences based on where people choose to live. But women's athletics under threat? Stop. It's a lie. Women's athletics is going to be fine. What's not going to be fine is if Title IX starts to protect gender identity as a protected class and if dudes continue to decide that they are women for purposes of athletics. That is what is the real threat out there. All right, encourage you to go listen to the Clay and Buck Show today. Uh, Miranda Devine was fantastic in Hour 2. Rand Paul and David Limbaugh in Hour 3. They were all great. Appreciate all of you. Thank you for hanging out with me as always. I got to go write on my new book. This is Outkick the Show. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP.